When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Action fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Brain, and joining me is my co-host and colleague, Chad Cruz. Chad, here we go again. We are going, yes. And this is again, because we've done it before in the past. So yeah, I agree with you. We're going again. Thank you. And let's see if this man will agree with me. He is in the guest chair once again from Figures Toy Company. He is the toy man, Christy Petrillo author of many a no surrender cinema chris that's welcome right back. thank you for having me back a pleasure as always i am locked loaded and ready to go to talk about one of my favorite shows but before we talk about one of your favorite shows one of my favorite shows i want to make an official statement and chad i have not cleared this with you oh boy but i am going to make this official statement and i want all the people listening if you want to put this out and all the clickbait places on the internet and direct them to bulletproofaction.com or this podcast, feel free. But I will make this statement that Bulletproof Media is interested in a merger with World Wrestling Entertainment. <laughs> if you want that, wow. to, you know, we would be all about that. Uh, so, yeah, clickbait sites, please get that out there for us. Uh, bulletproofaction.com. We would appreciate it. Might have to call some of my connections, see what uh, see what we can put together here. You've got you've got the toy side certainly taken care of, right? Oh yeah, Chris would be pu- trying to push Mattel out of the way and get old uh, FTC to be the official uh, figure distributor. I would, uh, I would book uh, Chris. You could book me as the champion. I mean, right. as the action figure champion or as the actual world champion, no, the, because the you're actual... more likely to be one than the other. Well, well, if if we're buying it, brain brain's going to be the booker, and he's going to book me as the uh, world. You, I'm actually going to win every title. I'm going to be like Kurt Angle in TNA. The, uh, the but will you forfeit the title for no showing? <laughs> I will. I will not show up the day. They're like, we're supposed to film uh, WrestleMania today. Like, whoops. Yeah, exactly. No, Chad, you would. Jr. often talks about reliability is a key to signing talent. True. Uh, I don't. You know. I don't know. Well, some of us, you know, some of us and, have and, and families you might, and jobs. You and might all. be getting up, up there in years too. Um, there's a Whoa. lot younger. You, there's a lot younger talent out there. I haven't even groups. peaked yet, brain. I I'm sure you haven't. You know this, I, of course. But yes, again, Bulletproof Media would be very interested in a merger with World Wrestling Entertainment. Spread the word. But let's now get to our business at hand, Toy Man, because you mentioned it. One of your all-time favorite television shows, one of my all-time favorite shows, and Chad Cruz, you do your best to make me feel old on this yeah. program mm-hmm. as often as possible. But I, I will tell you, nothing makes me feel older than the fact that the A-Team premiered nearly 40 years ago at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah, that does uh, that does age you quite a bit because you were like, 16 when it came out no i was not but i was certainly watching tv at that point in time and uh it, it, yeah so 40 40 years on the january 23rd we're getting a little bit ahead of it uh and uh chris some of your favorite episodes from from the uh five-year run well i think that uh as a young wrestling fan we should automatically include the appearances of one mr hulk hogan and various oh, yeah. wwf superstars oh but that's my favorite Absolutely. aside from those uh aside from those easy choices uh, my favorite episode would be the showdown with the evil doppelganger a team yes oh nice a classic one the the z team or they should have been yeah i don't think they were though but that that's mm. They should have actually had the fake face man from the the ones we're going to be talking about in just a few minutes. Now that would have been a nice nod face. to 
Wouldn't it? Episode one and two for sure. Yeah, that that's what they should have done. Just to, like, oh wait, mm, yeah, but yeah, that the body slam episode from season four. Uh, again, this was this was the time where I was really starting to get into wrestling. The first WrestleMania, it's like you couldn't escape it back then. It was everywhere. They, there was a cartoon. There was they're mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Live. Then it became Saturday Night's main event. Became a thing. It was on MTV. It was everywhere. It's like. Even if I did not want to become a wrestling fan, I think I was going to become one, one way or the other, because it was everywhere. It was on what I already watched. I watched MTV. I watched the A-Team, and here they were. So, yeah, that that will always be my absolute favorite. And plus, that's the only A-Team in history that features Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, wow. I, I don't remember that at all. And also Davey Boy I, Smith hitting his power slam on a thug, Ricky the Dragon getting some chops in. Where are you going to get Ricky Kirchner. the Dragon and the British Bulldogs fighting along Cor- with George yeah, Corporal and Kirchner. Right. That's the only Corporal Kirshner love you're going to get probably, you know, back in the early 80s. Yeah. Mid 80s, Chad, but that's fine. Well, early, mid, you know. Okay. All right. So, Chad, I, I, I don't know how... Obviously, I don't think you were watching during the first run of the A Team, but uh, do you have no. any favorite episodes or just uh, memories of it? Or yeah, I do have a couple memories. It, it it wasn't a show that was kind of on in my house a lot, so I caught them later in life. And uh, the the bits and pieces I remember aren't really like storylines, but I, I remember an episode with a Wheel of Fortune on it, <laughs> and uh, and then I remember the the Hogan episode. And then I feel like I, uh, I don't know if I ever caught this episode, but I remember the, uh, uh, I think it had to do with GI Joe, right? So in, in GI Joe, there was like a Roblox mama getting kicked out of her house and BA Baracus had one of an episode where his mom was getting kicked out or something. Mm, yeah. So there was like a connection there, but yeah, I'm, I, you know, a little bit controversial to say, but I'm not the biggest A team guy. Uh, well, I not, know because I di- not because I dislike it, just because it's not something I really watch that much. It wasn't, yes. Uh, I know, in actuality, your favorite episode is the one where Boy George was the guest star. <laughs> that was a great episode. I, I like the Cowboy George episode. That's a good episode. It, and that was the one that was like supposed to be somebody else, and then they, it's, they yeah, it was supposed Boy to be George a country guy named Cowboy George. Yeah. And then so I've Boy got George a few, shows up. I've got a few random memories of the show, but nothing I can like piece together for a real episode. Right. That's why we, we made you watch the, the premiere, and that's what I we're talking it. about moments from now. Don't, let's not forget the Rick James episode either. Another so, very good one. So, and you, you know what's great about this this episode that we're going to be talking about today, or this double episode, I guess, this premiere, uh, the title of it, Mexican Sleigh Ride, sounds like a, a porno movie. Uh, well, okay, or maybe a Christmas action film, but uh, whatever. Or horror movie. Yeah, that would make more sense. Probably. I mean, about Chad porn, just went like the full-on snuff film route. Yes. Well, there might be a reason for that. But uh, yeah, so we are going to talk about the two-part premiere of the A-Team right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome Chris the Brain, Chad Cruz, and the Toy Man, Christy Petrillo, back with you here on the Bulletproof Podcast as we are about to talk about the two-part season pre- or series premiere of the 18 that aired on January 23rd, 1983, nearly 40 years ago as this drops. Oh, what a on NBC. And NBC, really, I mean, between this and Knight Rider, I'll tell you what. I was a huge NBC fan, Chris. NBC was chock full of action back then. NBC had quite the lineup between these shows. And then, you know, this was coming on the heels of a lot of the superhero shows and action shows of the 70s, either coming to the end of their run or being canceled. So it was filling a necessary void at the time. It sure was. It sure was. You have to say this, too, is, you know, it's 2023. And uh, if you think the, the early to mid 80s were great for NBC and their action 
television shows. Just think about now, right? You're going to get reboots of all these shows because they've completely run out of ideas. And pretty soon you're going to get a rebooted idea of the A-Team. Just they've tried, yeah, they've tried one, Knight Rider. I want to say it's been about 15 years that they've rumored doing a new A-Team. I mean, they did do the yeah. movie, which I really Knight enjoyed. Rider. I did as well. And but as far as the series, I mean, they were saying that for years they were saying there was going to be an all girls A team, and that it was going to be like a younger version of the A team. There were all these different reboots, and right. who knows now? I mean, NBC. One thing I've noticed with the modern action is they're kind of for, falling into that formulaic trap. Because I used yeah. to watch The Blacklist, I used to watch Blind Spot, and they all just started blending together at some point. Well, I know I was I was watching a football game a couple nights ago, and they had the the commercials on. And uh, Quantum Leap, uh, mm-hmm. Magnum PI, all these shows that were just, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, the same shows. They're just rebooting all of them. So just wait long enough and the ATM will come back out. It, it sure will. And a, not a reboot of a, a, a old show, but True Lies will be starting up yes. here in, in a couple months. So that one actually looks interesting. Some rather interesting know, uh, casting, though, with uh, yeah. the guy Steve Howey from Shameless in the main role. Right. And more recently from the, uh, what the heck was that vampire movie? Why can't I think of it right now? He was Scott Atkins' brother in it. Whatever. Oh, Day, uh, Day, day, day Shift. Yeah, that's it. Day Shift. There we go. Day, day Shit. Okay. Day Shit. All right. Mexican Slayer, January 23rd, 1983 on NBC. And we get the opening uh, of the A-Team, which for me is like top five TV themes easily. Uh, it's, it's a great piece of business. And uh, it's one of those ones where if I have it on the, in the car, whatever I'm doing, like I'm driving to the grocery store, you put that on, it makes me feel like I'm doing something much more important than I really am. <laughs> it, there, there are certain songs out there that do that or that make you drive. I thought you were going to say that makes you drive faster. Yeah, probably a little faster. Maybe taking right. those turns a little, little faster than I normally would, and yeah. just yeah. Which if, I, I, if, if I had my old Xterra, I'm, I I may have been like hopping curbs and shit with nice. it. But, uh, when yeah, I, when I was a kid, you know, uh, roller skating was the thing, and anytime Danger Zone would come on, buddy, yeah. look out because I was just bad out of hell, just going hard as hard as I could. It's those confidence boosters. Yeah. It's it it's something it it's I love it and again, now I use hard drugs. Okay, that, I don't know. I don't think you should be saying that. Jack. <laughs> oh, sorry. Soft drugs. Okay. Uh, so our our story begins south of the border, and it's a peaceful morning in San Rio Blanco. That is, until Mister Valdez, the Jefe, El Jefe, shows up. Him and his men come roaring in on jeeps. And they are looking for a gringo reporter named Al Massey, who is the uh, doctor from Cabot Cove. For all you Murder, She Wrote fans, <laughs> can't wait till we do our Murder, She Wrote episode. Uh, so, yeah, he wants yeah, this guy's been causing some trouble down there, uncovering some of the perhaps illegal activities, Chris, that this this gentleman who is a portly fellow, a, a very nasty looking individual, if I must say. Yeah, uh, you can tell that he was made for lead heel because he oh, yeah. does not have a pretty face. Even his mama didn't love that face. Mm-mm. You know, they get there. His boy Paco he shoots up the church bell. So all the people come out. And he's going to burn the whole town down unless Massey surrenders. But, of course, Massey has other plans, Chad, because he's starting up an old truck. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a truck being started, and then there there's another fellow with him. And... And uh, Massey pushes the guy out and yeah. takes off on his own. And you're like, okay, I guess we're going to have a, a chase now. <laughs> Let's the do it. first of many yes. car chases in A-Team history. In this one minute's time. Exactly. That is yeah. a trivia note that the first chase in A-Team history did not feature the A-Team. There you go. Yeah, it featured uh, Dr. Hazlitt from Cabot Cove. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, so there you go. Um but eventually this chase does end poorly for Massey. He's forced off the road, taken prisoner. And now we go to Los Angeles, where Massey's co-worker and friend, the lovely Amy Allen, is very worried about him. But the editor is done with Massey. Apparently Massey's like not the most 
we talked about reliability a bit a bit ago, Chad. I don't think Massey fits the reliability category no, based, no. On, based on the way the editor is acting. No, and, and you know when you watch these older shows, it always like makes you think about how important newspapers were <laughs> and right. the and these guys you know these editors were so cool and like had so much power they would wield and you know you watch like old superman movies and stuff and like wow this is awesome these newspapers had so much power and uh, now i think about today and i have you know i read a newspaper at work only because it's free and it's right. sitting in front of me but uh yeah it's funny because uh, amy allen's like the best friend anyone could ever have um it's kind of odd that she would go so far to save her friend, but uh, yeah, I mean, good on her. She's loyal, big time. For and sure. I, was she kind of? I don't know if they said maybe this guy was like her mentor. Maybe that he was had more of been. a you know because obviously there's there's an age difference there. They're not like yes. They were, they were hanging out at the uh, the local discotheque. watering hole. <laughs> the discotheque, he says. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna one up your murder shero reference because oh, uh, the editor, uh, he's an yes. actor named Philip Sterling. He's been in a million different things, but he yes. is most well known to me as being the doctor who was trying to help David Banner cure himself of his problem in the death of oh, the Incredible Hulk. Nice. Mm. Yeah, I, he definitely looked familiar, and I, I sadly did not dig deep into who he was. He's been. Um, but he, uh, you've helped us out. I know he was in an episode of Different Strokes because I've watched Different Strokes numerous times. We've talked about that at length, but uh, thankfully not the Bicycle Shop episode. No, he was not Mister Horton. That was Gordon Jump. But uh, right. just scrolling through his uh, filmography, he was actually. Captain Sam Cohn in a 1990 episode of Murder, She Wrote. Of course. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's I'm one back. of the great things about watching Murder, She Wrote is you never know who's going to Murder, She Wrote was like the original Law and Order. Everybody just showed <laughs> right. up on Murder, She Wrote. And didn't, uh, was it Lansbury? Didn't she just pass away? She passed away last Recently, year. Was she like 150? No, I don't think she was that old, but she was, uh, she was up there. Wow, she, good for her. She, uh, you know, if you haven't watched The Glass Onion, yeah, uh, it was good. She popped up in there, and that was like the biggest surprise to me in that whole film. She was at the beginning there on the uh, Zoom call. Angela Lansbury and Batista in a movie together. What a world we're exactly, exactly. And and James Bond. I walk And now, if you want to feel uh, even older, yes, please. Melinda Coolia, who plays Amy Allen. Let's, yeah. I don't expect either of you to remember this, but we all know how my brain operates, especially when it comes to teen and family-oriented sitcoms. She was the stepmother of Joey Lawrence on Brotherly Love, which was the show that he starred in with his two real-life brothers. Mm-hmm. So, um, whoa. Um, so you're, <laughs> you were talking about the death of the Incredible Hulk earlier. You covered the trial didn't you cover that that movie? I did do the trial of the Incredible Hulk. Yes, for No Surrender Cinema. Wonderful. Okay, I thought so. You can check it out on bulletproofaction.com yes. right now. Uh, we're going to get another t- TV legend because after she deals with the editor who suspends her with half pay, she doesn't care though. She she's again the most loyal friend you could ask for. She has a talk with another coworker named Zach, who is the one and only Horshack. From Welcome Back, Cotter. And I always will remember him from uh, Jason Lives. Yes, I was going to make reference to that, too. My favorite of the Friday the 13th movies. And he is uh, Jason's first victim in that film. He is. Yeah. He is. And, uh, yeah, so he's got a, a file that from uh, Massey, who had the contact, Manny Cortez, who's the guy that he that Massey pushed out of the truck uh, before the chase scene. Um, and then something about these uh, soldiers of fortune that were accused of robbing the Bank of Hanoi two days after the Vietnam War ended. Uh, this, of course, is our first look at the A-team in uh, kind of dossier form because we, mm-hmm. we see Hannibal Smith. We see Bosco Baracus, a.k.a. B.A. But then we see something strange for longtime viewers of A-team who, no doubt, I know I always forgot this. We get a fake face man, Chris. Yeah, it's like the original catfish. It's Templeton Peck. It's the face man, but the picture and the name do not match up. It is not our good friend Dirk Benedict. It is a, was it Tim Dunnigan? 
that Tim Dunigan? Dunigan. Yep. Who, uh, once again, if we're talking about famous guest roles, uh, Tim Dunigan is probably best remembered to me uh, for one certain appearance. It's when he moved next door to Ricky Schroeder on Silver Spoons and played the drug addicted basketball player that uh, shattered Ricky's uh, idolization and inspiration of him when Ricky found out that he was drinking and doing drugs. Mm, that was a very special episode of Silver Spoons. <laughs> you, you guys are great. Isn't I've never even heard of Silver Spoons. Oh, come on the- now. I'm sorry. Another classic NBC show. Yep. Well, yeah, so he must have been part of the family. That Mr. T also guest starred on. Yeah, and Mr. T was on different strokes, wasn't he? Because Arnold was a little Mr. T. Yes, he was. And Mr. T had his own cartoon. Did you know that, Chad? I did know that. And his own cereal. We drove a gymnastics team around and was their, their, uh, I don't know, caretaker. I don't know what he was. All right, now I'm Coach. I'm going to slip one in here that probably nobody but me remembers, but I remember it because it aired on my fourth birthday. It aired on December 16th, 1984. So we're a year into A-team popularity at this point. And yeah. Mr. T did an NBC Christmas special with Emmanuel Lewis. Oh, Emmanuel Lewis jumping ship from ABC to NBC? He did. Son it was called a The Christmas Dream, and you can actually find it on YouTube. We're gonna we're gonna cut all this out, right? <laughs> no, nope. we're going for it. We're going for it. It's a we're we're going down TV memory lane here. That's great. Uh, so yeah, I I had no knowledge of that, or at least recollection of it. Uh, so let's move on to our actual show. We're talking about. So yeah, we're starting to learn about the A team. We find out you know they're wanted. They they got out of military prison before, just before their trial. And they're being pursued by Colonel Lynch, uh, who will later become Colonel Decker, who is chasing after him. But for for the early episodes, we get Lynch. And isn't there one in between, too, Chris? Isn't there uh what the hell is his uh, name? You're, thinking, you're thinking of the one that was played by Charles Napier. No. No. There's somebody Because William Walking is Lynch, the... Lance Legault is Decker. Isn't there some bull guy who is also in that? Uh, evil A team, the doppelganger A team. He comes back for that, but he's like a different character. Now everything is starting to blend together, and I'm seeing there too much. Go. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me hold on. Let me collect my thoughts for a second. I'm telling you, there was a guy between Lynch and and uh, and Decker. Well, what Charles Napier, yeah, Charles Napier was Colonel Briggs, and he was the one that was chasing them in the fire truck episode. There's another one. There's another chaser. A lot of people had to chase them, and they never caught them. Well, eventually they do. Spoiler alert. Whoa. Spoiler alert. They do stand trial eventually. All right. Well, let's move on. I'll, I'll look that up as we go on. But we've got, so we, we learn about these members. Ah, you're thinking uh, of General Fulbright, are you not? That's it. And isn't his nickname like Bull something? Bull, full. Yes. Maybe it's just full. Yes. And he, because he was towards the end, because, uh, you know, the last season, we're jumping way ahead now, was a little bit different than the uh, usual format. Yes. It sure. Yeah. The the last season is, is they had to tinker with it and it just did not work out, unfortunately. All right. Let's move on. We've got the A-team. We've established that there's this group of soldiers of fortune, and now we're going to meet him for the first time. But we don't meet Hannibal just as Hannibal. We meet him as his uh, his job that he has in Hollywood as the Aquamaniac. And we'll see the Aquamaniac pop up throughout the series. Um, and he's the, the shoot he's on gets interrupted because Face and B.A. show up to warn him about Lynch. And they weren't just uh, blowing smoke because... Like two seconds later, there's Lynch and Chad Cruz. Now we get our second ever chase scene, this time on a studio lot. On a studio lot that uh, that Hannibal knows like the back of his hand. Only or, or he so doesn't. <laughs> Only he doesn't. And then make a, I had to do a quick uh, turnaround there. But it's kind of fun that, you know, you get this chase scene, but you also have a guy in the backseat dressed up like a damn swamp monster. So. Yeah, it's essentially a creature from the Black Lagoon. They just couldn't say it. Yes. Aquamaniac, mm. yes. 
Well, the Aquamaniac, uh, yeah, he's, he's, and yeah, the, there's a tour bus going by, so the kids are all excited because they see the Aquamaniac driving by in a convertible. It's it's a wonderful scene, and it really ends in a classic fashion because basically Hannibal sets up poor Lynch uh, trying to cross the proverbial Red Sea, Chris. Yeah, there's a little bit of a waterway with a street or a driving path going through it. But a little bit of a game of chicken with Hannibal standing by the switch and the colonel trying to make his move and a point in the A-team's favor this time. And he sinks the colonel and his uh, fellow military associates. So the A-team escape unscathed this time. And this is where we learn that Hannibal loves the jazz. That rush he gets from doing this kind of stuff. And... uh, that's going to come into play again. This, this show, the this two-parter sets up just about everything that we're going to see in the future, Chris. Yep, we get all of the uh, the troops, as you will, of the A-Team. Uh, aside from some of the face man's stuff, because we don't have the face man that we would come to know him we don't have the, right, We don't have the real face man. So now we have to get our fourth member, Chad Cruz, and that is the one and only H.M. Murdoch. And that stands for Howling Mad, for those in the know. Uh, and he's at the VA hospital. Uh, and we quickly also learned that BA is not a fan of Murdoch. Again, that's something that will continue to come into play. But we get Murdoch, and he's a crazy man, Chad Cruz. And we get to see him do his crazy man routine. Yeah, and his routine is fantastic. Um, it's funny because, you know, the, the show being that it's a series premiere, a two part series premiere, it takes its time kind of getting to know all these actors and these uh, these characters which makes it even better because uh, you get so much from, you know, Murdoch's like crazy side while he's at the, at the hospital, which probably one of my favorite scenes is where he's in the hospital and he's just an absolute maniac. And yeah, you'll get plenty of that as time goes. You never know what he's going to be fixated on. He has a, he has an imaginary dog for many episodes and, Murdoch is definitely the some of the comic relief for the show, uh, and definitely does here. He's and Amy's actually tracked him down. So not only is she a great friend, she's a great reporter. She's good. She's, like she's the lowest lane. Oh, oh, Jinx, you want me a coke? Ooh. Damn it! Good luck. Good luck Let's getting that out of deep pockets. And uh, Mr. Hard uh, Drugs, Murdoch. just be aware. I said a coke, not coke. <laughs> oh, oh, you're right. Yeah, smart. Good, good, good call. It's cheaper, it's cheaper <laughs> for me. So yeah, so Murdoch though, you know, Hannibal's like, okay, well, if she seems legit, let her, you know, to meet, uh, go to the alley behind the Cozy Cat Club, which sounds like a place that Chad Cruz has been to in his life. Yep, two a.m. Oh yeah, wait to be contacted. And also, guess what? Lynch is on the way, so be be aware of that. And Lynch indeed is again on the way. Uh, at first, he thinks Murdoch is faking the craziness, but Murdoch to his credit, makes him a believer uh, before it's all said and done. So now we have Amy in the alley out in the rain and we find a wino. And this is where we get another bit of what would become an A-team trope, Chris, because Hannibal is in disguise. Yeah, the A-team. So uh, they don't just take any job, especially since they're on the run. They've got to kind of feel things out. And usually that leads to some type of uh, gauntlet that the uh, purchaser of their services will have to run, which usually consists of uh, Hannibal in at least one disguise and the person having to jump through several hoops just to prove that they are worth their salt and the A-team's time. Yeah, and to Chad's point, since this was a two-parter, I think they you know, drag this out a little bit more than they do later in the uh, in the series uh, where they just yeah. had a, had a you know, 40-some minutes to, to fill. Right. I mean, this this... This goes what forty five minutes before we actually get much action right. at all. Other or than those, the, other than the car chases, yeah. Right. No, what I always yeah, wondered really... is, Peck was nicknamed Face or Face Man. He's the one that's always yeah. using aliases and like you know, running the scam and and getting everything going. But yet, you would think that the guy that's always wearing the disguise should be the Face Man. Hmm. So a little bit of, well, uh, well, you know, it's, it's that handsome face that gets him into places though. I think true. 
you know, he's a good looking guy and, you know, he uses that charm to, to, he doesn't need the disguise. True. And charming Templeton Peck just sounds like an indie wrestler from 1983. So face man is much better. <laughs> sure. That was actually going to be Chad Cruz's original yeah. ring name was going to be charming Templeton Peck. But he realized people would probably misspell Templeton every time on the flyer. So he just went yeah. with the simple Chad Cruz. And when I do my signature, I don't want to have to like think about how to spell it. Right. I, I understand. And, and, and Lord knows there was a ton of people wanting your autograph. So you made the right call. I did one time uh, sign an autograph and take a photo with some lady, random ladies, baby. Oh, yeah. And I, I was shirtless and I'm holding Naturally. This, this baby. And I, you know, I still wonder to this day if somewhere out there, this baby is probably like 10 years old now, 15 years old now. The mom's like, that was your dad right there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> It's a toss up between you, you or the gonna... photo that came with the wallet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I thought you were going to go with some sort of breastfeeding incident, but I'm, I'm glad that didn't happen. No, there you. was none of that. Nope. No, <laughs> okay. I, have, I have relatively. All right, boss man. Now that that image is in my head, let's steer this shit back onto, back onto the right course. <laughs> Well, the next morning after she just hung out in the alley for a while, she just decided to sleep in her car, and that's where we meet Mr. Lee. And it, oh, I thought you were talking about the woman that took there. the picture with Chad. <laughs> she she slept. She there. slept in her car as well. Uh, she was probably in, in the alley, if you know yeah, what I mean. Okay. Um, so, Mr. Lee, Hannibal in disguise once again, uh, and he's like, "Okay, we'll get your money together. Bring us a picture of Massey." And you will, the A team will contact you if they're going to take the job. She but says just, he's but, the but, only white guy there. But have this stuff at the ready, right? That that would be a good good uh, description. All right, so Hannibal. Then uh, this is something that I don't think they ever did again. I may be wrong because it's been a while since I watched the early episodes. But Hannibal, Chris, then communicates with Face and BA by calling into a radio show, and they have this elaborate code system worked out. Yeah, I don't believe they went that route anymore i think that was a one and done i don't think so one and done they they tried it they didn't like it um so basically hannibal by calling in is telling them what they need to know what's going to happen blah 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 what they need um so face first thing they're going to need is a pilot so they're going to get murdoch who isn't besides being crazy chad cruz he -hmm. can fly anything with wings or i guess propellers yeah, yeah, he's a good pilot. That's what they can do, fly things. Yeah, he was in the uh, Blue Angels, I believe, or something they said. Uh, the yeah, it wasn't that, the Thunderbirds. Was I think it the Thunderbirds? Said. There you go. I think so. Well, there you go. You got to be pretty damn good pilot to do that shit. All right, so, <laughs> <laughs> right? They should have said he was in Top Gun. Okay, that probably didn't exist best, yet. Probably the best fighter jet movie ever made. Uh, well, that's your opinion. I, I actually know what the best fighter jet movie ever made. And as we record this, it is celebrating an anniversary as well. And that, of course, is my beloved Iron Eagle. Mm-hmm. Jason Gedrick, Lewis Gossett Jr. Check out our Iron Eagle episode in the archives right here on the Bulletproof Podcast. All right, so they got a pilot, but they need a plane. And this is where, Chris, we get the, the con man face to come out. And charm the the lady who's in charge of selling these things, the salesperson. I've never. Do you go to an airport, an airplane lot for a plane? Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, like, name, you know, maybe this was. Uh, name, maybe it's because this was before name, my time. But uh, this, you know, you couldn't do this nowadays because you, there are too many security measures for this. But uh, yeah. yeah, this was like haggling for a car, just with uh, with uh, yeah. less wheels and more wings. Her name is Avon, and she is was played by Melody Anderson of Flash Gordon fame. Who was she in Flash Gordon? Dale. Really? Yeah, the love interest. Huh. She uh, she really fell off, huh? Oh Jesus! Also, another uh, A team trope of Face usually being the one that gets involved with the uh, pretty lady of the week. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? But according to, to Chad, she's not the pretty lady. She no, I don't mean I don't mean her her uh, her looks. I mean her oh job, her, her, the, her yeah. job her prospects. Roles. Yeah, her, she went from like a leading lady to 
a random broad for 45 seconds. Yeah, that is strange. Um, yeah. She would, oh, and she was also in uh, Firewalker. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. You're right. With uh, with Chuck Norris and the aforementioned Louis Gossett Jr. Louis. Canon Films. Um, so, yeah, she bounced back. Canon gave her a chance again. Uh, unfortunately, Flash Gordon didn't do well because that could have been a big, big hit. And she could have been in multiple Flash Gordon movies. Yeah. That didn't do well. So when a team came calling, she's like, well, a woman's got to eat. And perhaps she was selling Avon at the time. And that's why they gave her the name Avon. That's possible. And is it pop? All right. Anyway, when BA gets wind that they're going to, towards the airport, we now get another major trope. BA is scared to fly, especially with Murdoch. So they usually have to come up with, they have to drug them. Hard drugs. Pharmaceutical type. And uh, we get an injection. While he's driving. And while he's driving, which was a <laughs> risky thing. It, and like, I like, because they do this twice. And like the t- this time when he's driving, I don't know if the dosage was different. Obviously it had to be different because it takes a bit. Like they get there, they get out, they argue. DA then blacks out and then they have to don't forget. He throws a punch later. That's right. You're right. And then uh, later he gets it. It's like, it's almost instantaneous. So I don't know, but yeah, that, and then we get another first because once they get on the thing, Hannibal hits it. I love it when a plan comes together. And once again, there's Lynch and the MPs, but they're just a bit too late. The A-team is in the air. B.A. is being tied up just in case he wakes up because he's going to be pissed if he finds out he's on an mm-hmm. airplane. And uh, Hannibal and Face are a little pissed, though, as in this because uh, all that money that uh, Amy had for this mission, only a small fraction of it, Chris. Yeah, she needed 150000 and she showed up with twenty five grand. Ouch. This ain't no Mexican free ride. No, there you go. Right. It's a Mexican sleigh ride. So Face is going to have to do what they call the old film company trick as part one wraps up. And I think this is a good time for us to take a quick break. And then we will be back to discuss part two of the 18 premiere Mexican sleigh ride. Back here on the Bulletproof Podcast, Chris the Brain, Chad Cruz, and the Toy Man, Christy Petrillo. And guys, we are now getting into the second half of the two-part series premiere of the A-Team Mexican Sleigh Ride. And when this episode begins, we get, uh, they're on the ground now. They're in Mexico. B.A. is in the backseat of the car. He wakes up confused as hell. Does not, you know, they've, they've set his watch ahead, so he thinks it's Friday, and I guess it's not really Friday. <laughs> It's the day that they actually left. So he's all, he can't believe he could sleep that straight through. Um, But everyone's like, oh no, that's exactly what happened. And then we get more conning face man, but with his uh, colleague Murdoch posing as reps from 20th Century Fox, Chris. Yeah. uh, Talking to the local film commission. And I'm wondering if this is the same film commission that filmed all of those wonderful luchador movies in the 60s and 70s. Could be. It just doesn't seem, uh, you know, that that's one of those odd things. And, and we'll see that throughout A-Team history, too. It's like things are just conveniently placed because you're going <laughs> to this, uh, you know, when they showed it to us in episode one, it's like a very low-key, village-esque Mexican town. It's not like a big thriving city, but yet they managed right. to find the local film commission. Well, it's in the. They said it was in the hills of El, by El, uh, above Alcapoco, so that's where the the village. So they're in Alcapoco, which fair enough. That is a I mean, tourist spot. A big, so that's that a big work. tourist spot. Yes, and they they landed at the airport, and they had like a fun little, uh, you know, the airport people show up because they they landed unexpectedly, and they had, to, they had to pretend that BA had a heart attack. That was that was a fun scene. Poor B.A. is just, I mean, I don't know. It kind of makes Chad, it look stupid. It does. Um, Chad, you may have some knowledge of this, but being yeah. drugged as often as B.A. Baracus was yeah. over five years, 
Does this have some long-term effects on the man? I can certainly see there being long-term effects. I could I could see the them having having to up the dosages as they go on, and also uh, it would be as they're pulling him off the plane. They're they're talking about his vitals as if he's having a heart attack, and they're trying to rush him to the hospital so they can get out of their little uh, you know the little problem that they're in. But they really should be checking his vitals because if he's out for that many hours, uh, he could easily you know. He can easily pass away. So yeah, it's very dangerous. I wouldn't recommend doing this at all. Okay. Yeah. So if you, any soldiers of fortune out yeah. there uh, that have a member of your team that doesn't like to fly, yeah. maybe just replace them. Or, uh, or, or if or you just, have children and you're going on a vacation, don't yeah. do this to them. Okay. That's a, that's a very good uh, bit yeah. of advice. Always here with our uh, safety tips, uh, Chad Cruz. Yeah. Um, so while while Face and Murdoch are doing their gimmick with the local film commission, uh, Hannibal and Amy and B.A. go into a bar uh, looking for Manny Cortez, who was the, the name Massey had in his folder. Um, the locals there, however, are not not happy that uh, this Hannibal and, and Amy are in there. No American tourists allowed, which then brings in B.A. And we get that epic entrance that was forever used in the uh, opening just an iconic scene, Chris, with uh, B.A. busting through. Yep, breaking down the uh, the very not sturdy barrier door with just uh, one, <laughs> you know, like Hacksaw Jim Duggan's two by four put across it. Um, but yeah, I mean, anyone, you know, we talked about music and everything before, but the A-Team intro, I mean, a lot of the cut scenes and uh, showcasing the various stars of the show, all of those iconic scenes pretty much came from Mexican Sleigh Ride. Because, you know, we talked about the injection scene just a moment ago and that scene where B.A. kind of turns around with the scowl. That's, you know, that's from that scene that we just talked about. So and we'll see later with Hannibal on the uh, helicopter. That's that's a definite one from the beginning Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, But, uh, you know, the locals aren't too afraid of B.A. because they got their own monster. Quintana, played by Miguel Angel Fuentes. uh, And he was actually in puma man and he was also in firewalker and the charles bronson film the evil that men do which was Mm. shot in mexico and i i think they definitely dealt with the same local film commission uh that face and murdoch are so we get we get the a bar fight which is a rule chad cruz that you know action hero enters a bar there's got to be a bar fight, but this one has some uh, obvious stunt doubles. <laughs> oh man! Oh god! It's my favorite part of the of the bar fight is the uh, the usage of the stunt doubles, especially for Hannibal. And it's yeah. like uh, it's so noticeable, not only because it it looks so different, but because he's doing such ridiculous moves. He's yeah. like throwing these high kicks and the shit. Kick. And it's like the kick when he on, threw dude. that first kick, I had to rewind it. Cause I'm like, cause for a moment it worked on me. Like I was like, no way George Papard just threw that kick. Yeah. And I rewound. I'm like, Oh Jesus. It looked no, like a young bucks match. So He's just super kicking everybody. <laughs> yeah. It, it's out of control. And it's so, yeah. And, and yeah, Mr. T, you didn't see it too much. I think later as time went on, yeah. I think he was like, why the hell am I doing? All <laughs> right. so these other guys aren't, but uh, yeah, definitely with George Papard, uh, Hannibal, you get some obvious stunt doubles. But then eventually the smoke clears. Uh, Manny finds them instead of them finding Manny. But again, as far as Hannibal concerns, his plan has come together. Um, and now, you know, Manny basically fills them in. And now they know, OK, we're all on the same side here. Face and Murdoch have now got a crop duster uh, because they are going to screw with Valdez's marijuana crop. Hmm. And uh, kind of piss them off so they come to San Rio Blanco and they can be ready for him. So a, a good uh, strategy, would you say, Chad? Yeah. You know, you, you um, instigate it a bit and you kind of bring them to your turf so you can defend a little bit more easily. So, yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, they get there. They rally the townspeople. We get a bit of a montage. Not the, the montages that we're going to get used to, though, Chris. It's kind of a little bit more uh, loose. I think later again, due to time constraints, I think they had to make them tighter. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not as uh, it, it. You know, they're they're working with the formula here. You know, this is very clearly the first one. But uh, again, another trope. You know, we would always see the A team uh, getting ready for battle, coming up with inventions, adapting to their surroundings, and that's what we get. And yeah, BA will always be find welding equipment. 
no matter where they're at. <laughs> it, no it's funny because where. they spend so much time getting to this point that uh, it's like, oh shit, we got to take it home. There's not <laughs> yeah. much time left. Yeah. It was just like a Young Bucks match. Uh, Murdoch yep. and Face get the ball rolling with the crop duster, and they also drop leaflets just just to make sure they know where this uh, ammonia dusting of their marijuana came from. <laughs> it's Sanrio Blanco saying, F you, Valdez. We, we're not taking your shit anymore. So here come the bad guys, just as planned. Uh, Valdez shows up once again. They shoot at that church bell, which is, I think is the only thing Paco can hit. Um, but Hannibal's up there. He shoots back. He doesn't kill anyone. Uh, and that's when Valdez says, whoa, 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 let's make a deal. But Hannibal, his deal is give us the guy we're here for and get the hell out of town. Not really uh, negotiating there, Chad. Just basically saying, this, just give us what we want. Yeah, and he's negotiating from like not a very strong point. I mean, I, I know they have the the crop dusting plane that has a machine gun on it, so that that's, that's a big plus. Um, but... With the amount of guys that Valdez has, I mean, you would think that he would just be like, you know, screw this gringo. We're going to take him out right now. But he seems open to some sort of compromise, whether he's going to stab him in the back or I'm assuming he would stab him in the back. But but he's at least putting it out there. He doesn't have a trustworthy face. That's for sure. Or giant belly. Mm, Yep. He's fat. Uh, Hannibal, do you think that was George Pappard, Chris, on that zip line? (laughs) Have we have we lost the toy man? It's possible, but I'm going to say absolutely. It was <laughs> it was him. There's no chance that they would use a stunt double just for that. <laughs> You're right. Uh, we also now we get to see what the hell BA in that welding was he up to. He must have been welding his ass off. Oh my god, that's a lot of work, dude. That's because he had that mess. whole he had that whole bus armored. Yeah, and they had a little gun up on the top. Yeah, and he 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 the hot weather down in Mexico or wherever they are. And there's no shower right there accessible. So he's just smelling stinking oh, up inside of that makeshift tank. Yeah. So, you know, that armored bus comes towards Valdez and his men and we get yet another chase. Uh, this one ends with Valdez and the guys he brought stuck in the mud. But Chad, that was only a small sampling yes. of Valdez's arm. He's got a whole thing of guerrilla reinforcements. Dude, who doesn't have a, a whole thing of guerrilla reinforcements at their back? You know, uh, you know, I just have a thing of guerrilla tape, but uh, that's about all yes. I have. Well, that's also useful, you know, around it the is. house. It is. Uh, so Amy, Manny, B.A., and Hannibal are taken prisoner. They, they're re- but Amy's reunited. The good news is she's reunited with her good mentor and friend, Massey. Yeah, she's also reunited. Yeah. What did I say? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, at least temporarily, that is. that yeah. uh, Because they, again, as you mentioned, Chad, we're running out of daylight here. There, I, You know what? It's funny because when they got uh, apprehended, I looked at how much time was left. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is my God. Is this a three-parter? I said, is this another part? Because I'm running out of daylight here. I don't have mm-hmm. much time left because I've watched these today. FYI. I know you did. I, well, so, uh, that's a shock to me. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was really surprised that we didn't record on our original recording date because we sure. always record on that first always. time. Always. Hmm. Uh, so they break out. They manage to steal a truck in a, in a crate full of grenades. Uh, so now we get yet another chase. And this one, as we, you know, Chris and I were talking about these iconic scenes, that epic Jeep flip. Oh, yeah. They put some effort into that one. And it's good to see, too, because it's almost like you guys were, were talking about how many of these scenes kind of, kind of got cut into that intro mm-hmm. and um i mean partially because there's like five different chase scenes uh <laughs> but they also took their time on so much of it i don't know if it's because of the premiere you know they wanted to make an impression but they uh there's a lot of good spots in in this premiere Do, did you notice who the stunt coordinator was for this episode i did not mr craig Ma- baxley oh how about that mm-hmm, that's good yeah. for him he, he did quite a bit of work on the A-Team. And I think he does later actually direct a few episodes. So, uh, which obviously would lead to him directing the famous Baxley 3. Well, it would lead to him in uh, helping out in Predator. As a, yeah. a second unit director, I believe. There you go. So it, humble beginnings for Mr. Yes. Baxley. 
Uh, so they did steal a truck, as I mentioned, but unfortunately, BA stole one that didn't have a whole lot of gas in it. Uh, but as the, the truck is running out of fuel, lo and behold, the townspeople are there to bail their asses out. Yeah. Um, Valdez tries to escape. And this is where we get the shot of Hannibal and Murdoch in the on the uh, helicopter. Or, yeah. And Hannibal yeah. on the outside of the helicopter. Again, a scene that you'll see at the beginning. Um, do you think it was George Pappard who did that big jump from the chopper to the Jeep, Chad? Uh, yes, it was. You're, you're lying. <laughs> uh, so he uh, gets down there. He gets an, a brouhaha with Valdez. Drags his fat ass back to the town. And I, I don't know if they were going to cook him or what they were going to do. It was up to them at that point. And uh, now we get back to the, we got to go back to the airport. We're, we're out of yeah. time now. So we're, we've uh, ran completely run out of time. The bad guys have been punched out and all is well. Everything is a okay now. Hunky dory. And yeah, let's go home. <laughs> let's go home indeed. Uh, and this is where Amy kind of gives them a, a ultimatum. I've got this story I could tell about yeah. you guys or you make me part of the A-team and who better to be on the A-team than a woman named Amy Amanda Allen. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it like fits. it was meant to be the name fits. I mean, I, I wish she had more to offer as far as skills, abilities, knowledge. Um, but yeah, just let her in quota. So, so she's in and, uh, yeah, we've got a, a fifth member of the A team. Yeah, she, she, she doesn't make it the whole series though. No, and you know what, BA they have to drug his ass again. Yeah, and she actually is the one who does it. Yeah, they. And she they, must have upped his dosage. That's why they say the female of the species is more deadly than the male. They, it, it's true, and she's. I mean, she has no qualms about drugging his ass again <laughs> while he's driving. Uh, and, and, uh, and then they just drag him back onto the plane. They talk their way back onto the same jet. They punch out the, uh, the Colonel, Colonel Lynch as he's there. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. All right, guys, let's go home and see you in next episode. And credits. Yeah. And I think the very next episode aired after the Super Bowl, So like the first regular episode of the 18th. Okay. So NBC had obviously very high hopes for this, for this show. Because you don't get that sweet post Super Bowl spot for nothing, right? Yeah, and you know what? It, it, it's such a fun show. the The characters are so interesting, and you only get such a, a small taste, a small sampling of each of them. And and you know they're all so different from one another that it, it it makes it fun to watch. And you know, obviously, the show went on what five seasons? That is correct. Five seasons, so it's like there's a lot of stories to be told and. Back then, it wasn't like a eight episode run, like you know, freaking Disney or some bullshit. Right, we're going so, you to know, you're going to get twenty four or something. Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of stories to be told, and there's a lot more to kind of you know siphon out of these guys before the end. Absolutely. All right, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to try to get the toy man back. We've lost him. He may have been knocked out. Somebody may have drugged him <laughs> because they were going to put him on a plane and he doesn't yeah. like planes either. From no, what I understand. No. no, I think he's fine. He actually just came back uh, on a plane recently. So we are going to find the toy man and we're going to wrap things up here on the Bulletproof podcast. All right, everybody wrapping things up on this edition of the Bulletproof podcast. We did in fact find the toy man. Toy man, did you get knocked out? What what what's happening over there? I was actually down at the local plane lot trying to hustle myself <laughs> a plane so that we can go on vacation without paying exorbitant uh, fees for uh, tickets. I would love that. I mean, yeah, big WrestleMania coming up. Uh, I wouldn't mind flying out to LA free of charge. Uh, so wanted to get your final thoughts, obviously, on the A Team uh, since it is so well regarded by you. Yeah, I mean. This is a show that is very near and dear to my heart. I watched it all the time. I had the original A-Team action figures, which I wish I still had. And who knows? Maybe that's something that I can also pitch to uh, the big boss over at you know, FTC. I was hoping the reason you asked us to do an A-Team episode was yeah. because you were going to use that as a big announcement that you had signed 
the A-Team. I would love it. You know, I actually don't even know what Mr. T's uh, rights are as far as exclusivity right now, because WWE has already pumped out quite a few. Oh, yeah. Of I've them. got one. Um, yep. Uh, Zach got the Ultimate Edition Mr. T for Christmas. So, I mean, and that's something that I'm going to mention. I mean, not only is this one of my favorite shows, but my son, who hasn't even turned eight yet, you know, we're talking about how this show is hitting its 40 year anniversary and my son watches it pretty regularly thanks to uh, the magic of dvds and tubi and uh, at one point we were watching it on me tv mm-hmm. every night as far as i know it might still be on but our local me tv affiliate yeah. is no longer Ooh, oh boy yeah so that, that always sucks we do not that get to watch sucks when you get used to those diginets and then they disappear yep i i miss my three stooges at six o'clock on saturday nights yeah, and I can always tell when an episode is airing on MeTV because if I've covered it on the site, suddenly that episode has like ten to twenty views, and it's like, why is this? Ra- why does this random A team have? Oh, it's it's airing on MeTV right now. So thank you, MeTV. Keep doing yeah, that. New audiences are finding the show, and new audiences are finding our site. Our guys, MeTV, our guys. Absolutely. All right, I I had a fun question. To ask both of you, uh, if the Bulletproof podcast staff was the A-team, who would each of us be? Chad Cruz. Oh, wow. Uh, well, Brian, I think that you're Hannibal, of course. Um, hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like Toy Man might be Face Man. Like, I feel like he's he's got this... I- I would agree with that. He's got the smoothness. He can talk his way in and out of any situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which would then make you BA. You're you're the muscle. Maybe. I don't know. I I, kind of feel like I'm... uh, Or he might be the crazy one. He might be Murdoch. I I mean, I I would love to say that... uh, So that makes Ryan Campbell the muscle? Yeah, maybe Ryan's not muscle. (laughs) He's not... Okay, I'll be the muscle. (laughs) Okay. Chris, would you agree with this uh, assessment? Not that you know Ryan Campbell. That uh, I mean, no, but I mean, definitely you as Hannibal. I completely accept face, man. I mean, I would say I'm definitely more face than B.A. for sure. Um, yeah, you can't even I mean, grow you know, a mohawk, would, would you be, bald bastard. Would B.A. have to be a special guest star? Like, you know, like a special guest right. columnist for B.A. Or you want to be Amy Allen instead? There we go. I feel, I feel like I've got a, a, a some qualities of each, maybe a couple of them. Um I feel like I have a plan, but it doesn't often always come together. So, uh, who ruins but, the most plans? Cause but I, I, but I, uh, you want to record on Monday nights, but I would know that, uh, <laughs> that I would also need a stunt double for everything. So that, 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 that tracks for me as well. Yeah. Well, there you go. So there it is. I'm Hannibal. Chad is BA toy man is the face man. And Ryan Campbell is Amy. You're Amy, you're, Allen. You're Amy Allen or Howling Mad Murdoch. <laughs> We're still looking for our Howling. You know what? RTG might be Murdoch. Yeah. RTG. Yeah. Was probably been a better Murdoch because he's crazy. So that would mean that. Uh, Maybe yeah. PL is Murdoch. Hey, perfect Murdoch. <laughs> he would. And he would, yeah. he would, he would, he uh, would devour that role. He would just, yeah, he, would. he would, he would, he would go all in on it because that's, that's the man that he is. We should get one of these young uh, aspiring student filmmakers to get us all together and do, uh, you know, like like a fanfic A team film, like how they did like the Masters yeah. of the Universe with Brian Cage and stuff. I will, I will shave my head now. No if way. Need, if need, yep. That head it. of hair. Wow. I've gray. I have gray hair, but you know it, it grows back. Yeah. You. So you think? Well, I've shaved it before, brain. But how many years ago? It was, uh, phew, buddy, I haven't shaved this probably since uh, 2008, maybe. Mm, that's a long time ago, Jack. That was 15 years. Hey, this hair is thick as shit. Trust me. Thick as shit. <laughs> is that with two C's or a CK? I'm pretty sure I saw a movie with that name on the box. <laughs> I don't remember what type of store I was in, but. Mexican Sleigh Ride. Yeah, was it next to Mexican Sleigh Ride? Because I can Part- tell you where you were. Part nine. All right. Well, I don't have a follow up for that one. Well, how about you tell us what's going on at Figures <laughs> Toy Company then, cool. Chris? What a great lead in. What's going on at Figures Toy Company? Probably not so, porn. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, something that is not really, I mean, you know, Chad could probably find a way to use it as a euphemism, but uh, Scrappy-Doo is now in stock. So all you <laughs> Scooby-Doo lovers, all you Hanna-Barbera cartoon watchers can now collect Scooby-Doo's adorable, feisty little nephew. He is now in stock exclusively in a two-pack at figurestoycompany.com. Uh, we are currently sold out of the Rosemary from the Rising Stars of Wrestling. Uh, we will be replenishing that stock, but first wave officially sold out. That's awesome. I saw that Rosemary today. Proving to be... Yeah. Oh, today was your first time seeing No, I saw that she was sold out. I went there, I was looking at some Jeff, oh, saw, some oh, Jeff okay. Cobb figures. You. Yes, Jeff Cobb, great guy, great figure. I'm glad I got that figure when we did because his star has certainly arisen mm -hmm. in the last couple of years, but uh, by far one of the nicest guys I've had to deal with. Um, working on a lot of stuff behind the scenes. We are working on some new stuff in the world of wrestling. We have new stuff coming out for the Three Stooges. A lot of generic uh, accessories for our rings. Uh, a new entrance stage will be coming out. I've seen the production sample of that one. Uh, waiting on the figures for Brad Armstrong, Mr. Hughes, Tom Pritchard, Savio Vega, uh, more Jim Cornettes, uh, the Midnight Express, all three members to celebrate their anniversary uh a, a whole lot going on a lot to look forward to and uh kind of a, a positive shift in the way things are going uh you might have seen the ultimate referee figure that we have released which has the more up-to-date articulation as far as blending in with uh mattel and Jazzwares. and uh, i am happy to say that we are working on additional ring crew figures with that body style and i am currently in the works on talking about developing uh licensed wrestling personalities in that style as nice. well how do we get a chad cruz figure would it be with the shaved head or with the full head of hair uh, full head of hair good swoop and does it need a baby and camera accessory it needs <laughs> the accessories will be a uh whiskey penis bottle pump, a penis pump a whiskey <laughs> bottle and a knife and uh sandwich bags full of flour and or sugar to mimic the uh, hard drugs stance that you took earlier in this podcast. Yes. How about welding equipment? Do you need any of that? <laughs> and a car door. That's it. Just a door. <laughs> now that sounds like an old school Jack's wrestling yeah. figure. Uh, that one's got a car door. This one's got a JVC kaboom box. So. You know, Brandon, I got a great story it's about toilet. I, I once threw a car door and it had to have been 20 feet. I threw it. I launched that son of a bitch. Okay. I'll tell you sometime. I saw Brock Lesnar do that once too. Did it hit anybody? Didn't hit anybody. I was, I was flinging it away from an incident. And, uh, I, I got to say, after I flung it, I turned around and there was about three people in absolute awe of how far it went. It was the adrenaline. It must've been. Yeah. That's awesome. You're, you're a real strong man. No wonder you're B.A. Baracus. That's right. Anything else, Chris, going on over there? You got my uh, Iron Eagle figures yet? No Iron Eagle figures, no uh, American Ninja figures, no Canon Films commemorative set. Oh, Unfortunately, none of that God stuff. Damn but it. Why do I keep, as the tide why do I keeps keep bringing turning, you on this pro program? Uh, because you like the content that I bring. A good Lewis Gossett figure would go a long way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would. I mean, that would be like how uh, when they finally made Sam L as Nick Fury. I mean, people were just buying him and customizing him for the numerous film roles right. he's got. Very true. Somewhere out there, someone has a long kiss, good night custom. You just know it. Well, you know, Louis Gossett Jr. has looked the same for like sixty years, so you could just strip all his clothes off, and he could be Digstown. Whoa, whoa! You could uh, get that new He-Man that came out that's supposed to resemble Dolph Lundgren, uh, touch up the head a little bit, and make your own Dolph Punisher with Louis Gossett Jr. I like it a lot. What a fantastic film. The, the, my favorite Punisher of all time. You can check out our uh, Punisher Super Show as well in the uh, Bulletproof Podcast archives. If you haven't heard it, it's new to you. Right, Chad? And hear why That's the right. Punisher Podcast turned into a Punisher War Zone because of Ooh. my and Chad's differing opinions. Yeah. yeah, I forgive you for that. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, bulletproofaction.com, of course. Uh, not only we're, 
we're not just interested in merging with WWE. We also are interested in providing you with something new each and every day involving the world of action entertainment. Uh, the Last of Us did real big numbers for us, and you will continue our coverage of that. I know I've got a plan for some Chuck Norris uh, content here in the coming days, uh, so check that out. And Who knows? Chad will probably review a Viking movie. Yeah, I'm thinking Viking Quest or Viking yeah, yeah. Attacks or Viking War or something Viking. Is Viking Quest the show from Entourage? Uh, it was a movie. Um, uh, has uh, Ben Cross in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen it, but it yeah. does exist. Okay. Um, I, I, I Cross of Banshee theme. What's that? Ben Cross of Banshee that- theme, which just celebrated its 10-year anniversary. You're right. Wonderful show. I saw that. Um, Brain, I wanted to put this out there in the world as well. Uh, it, it, if this merger does go through with us in the, in the WWE, yeah. I'd like to go on record as saying that if I have to sleep with any of the divas, I will. Okay. They're not called divas anymore. Oh, uh, really? What are so they called? They're just superstars. Like, oh. like, like they're male counterparts. Well, I'm not going to sleep with the superstars. They're all just get, superstars. I might get one thrown in there. I, I don't agree with. Okay. Well, there you go. Chad Cruz just probably cost us the merger. Uh, Damn it. With his misinformation. All right. Well, if you want to talk to us about any of this mergers or uh, whatever we're writing about or talking about here on the show, of course you can follow us on social media at Bulletproof pod on Twitter and at Bulletproof Action on Facebook and the Instagram. And guys, I think uh, I think we've come to the end of the road here. I don't know what we're going to do next. The plan time. has come together. The plan has come together. A day late, a dollar short, but we're here. As always, thank you. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. listening to the Geekscape Network.